All right, here we are for another session of the Rich Life Projects. And today, one of the specials of Newcastle Knights and the royalty, Newcastle's only son, <laughs> Danny Bedeiris. Welcome, my friend. Hello, mate. Great to be on. Oh, mate, it's great to have you on. It's an honour to have you on, to be honest. What has been happening in the Danny Bedeiris life? Well, plenty. At present. Plenty. Yeah, I'm uh, still at the Knights, which is which is great. I'm very privileged to still be here. Um, a lot of change at the club. Uh, I've just walked you through our new facility, actually. Amazing which, yeah, facility. So that's good. Uh, I was a, a, a general manager for the last two and a half years. Uh, got through the, the COVID period. Um, now Peter Parr has come on board and uh, I am out of that hot seat, thank God. Look so, at him. He's, he's so excited. Yeah. I'm out of there, brother. <laughs> it's, it's been – it was a tough you – know, especially with the experiences I've got. I've you know, never thought I'd ever be a manager yeah. of, of some sort, let alone um, – and being in a management I was role, say, I'll, I'll get into that yeah, later. Right? Yeah, yeah, going yeah. from football, like the actual player, yeah. then to coaching, then to manager, that mm. sort of stuff. It's mate, I've done pretty much everything. Then, then just uh, clean the toilets here at the, at the night. I've well, done. That, that's probably nice because <laughs> you got to go into the you got to go into the boss's office. That's soon. right. That's right. I'm, I'm in there in half an hour, so <laughs> I've got to clean the toilets. You'll clean the toilets, mate. It's the only <laughs> thing you haven't done. So let's go. Let's go back into the the young life of uh, Danny Bedeiris, born in Taree. Yes. Growing up, what was, what was growing up for, for Danny Bedeiris like? Yeah, looking back, growing up in Tari, I'm privileged to grow up in Tari. I reckon um, now a lot of people leave Tari after they grow up, but when you look at it from a point of view of, um, you know, adolescence and playing sport and school opportunities and different things, I think you know, Tari has a rich history in sport. You know, you've got a big river that flows through it. You've got a, a beach out, you know, 20 minutes away in Old Bar and, you know, living on the coastline there. So played a lot of sport. Um, you know, played footy since I was four. Um, and then jumped into BMXing. Never, never was allowed to play cricket. Mum, mate, and Dad did you watch the, the movie Rad? Yes. Oh, um, mate, that's what got me pumped on yeah, the old BMX Bandit. Oh, uh, mate, yes, yeah, that's that was me. So I was into that. You think um, you could jump over every jump? Yeah. <laughs> um, did pretty much everything yeah. in, in growing up in Tari. So I uh, went to Chatham High um, and then left there about '95 and year '11 to come down to Newcastle. So I left left home at 15, which. Big call for mum and dad, but um, no, it's paid dividends, which is great. Yeah, yeah. And because I've had a couple of the boys on, obviously, uh, Aku, Iwate and all that, and the same sort of things, the same stories, even uh, Robbie O'Davis leaving home at like 14 and 15 years of age. Yeah. I mean, one for parents, but obviously they had the confidence in going, right, oh, well, you're going to a, what you would love to do is play rugby league. Was it leaving Taree? And going straight to the to the rugby league, yep, very much so. So I came down here to finish my schooling. So I went to St Francis Xavier. I was a obviously a public school up there at Chatamoy. She's a she's a quality school. You got to know how to like get around the place a little bit. And then I came and put a, a tie on and went to a, a Catholic school. Yeah, so right. huge change. Uh, lived with a family out of Belmont. Um, they had two girls, same sort of age as me. Um, so yeah, it was all into totally changed. I've got a brother, uh, yep. brother Brock. Who, you know, so I've, it was a big change. And, yeah. But in saying that, I've got a daughter now who's 16, and I look at her, her sometimes going, oh, well, I left home by now. I know, uh, I know. So, um, and then you then you think back, would I, if she had a, a career or something in a sport yeah. at her age now, the thoughts go through your head, oh, would I let her go and do yeah, it? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And, and that was in the back of my mind sometimes, and I knew that my mum um, gave up a lot of time with, with, a, with a child, so I was – Pretty obvious that it was obvious that I didn't want to let her down. So that was a big thing when, you know, when there was choices to be made and you do, you may have to make choices at 16, 17 about going to training, going out, hanging it's out bit, with bit, mates. It's a bit crazy, isn't it? Yeah. When, when you're at that age, because even now we look back at the 16, 
15 and 16 year olds and go, they don't know yet what they're doing. You know, yep. they can't make that decision. Not fully developed, mate. That's for sure. Then, Brain and, and physical. And but then you think back to your day mm. when sent off at 15. Yeah. 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 No, it's a big call. <laughs> it it is, was a yeah. big call. And, um, you know, that's why I'm, I made every post a winner, really. So yeah. whenever I trained, I trained. And yeah. um, and I had some really good support from some people that were in the team but lived out Belmont Way, Swansea. Um, I ended up buying a car to get around. I got my license a year early. Yeah. So at 16, because you lived away from home, I could oh, get yeah. my license at 16. Oh, but I had, wow. to, I had to get it on the first go. Otherwise, you don't you don't get it. So really? it was a bit of pressure. <laughs> bit, of, <laughs> bit of pressure. Yeah. So I was off. I remember I lived – Owen Craigie lived down the road, big, yeah. big OC. So – uh, we walked from Charlestown to Belmont where we lived one day and I said, I'm never doing this again, are we? Because we couldn't afford money to get a cab or bus, I think. So um, I got to end up getting a car um, a year later and, and that changed uh, the keys to the city once you get your licence in your car. 100%, yeah. 100%, yeah. Because I, I was talking to obviously uh, Hoyo and he was the same. When you're starting off from that age, you got no money, yeah. so you're just really get, you know, going on an oily rag trying to just make sure you're going through life. Obviously – Hoyo's oily rag was a little bit dirtier than anyone else's, but <laughs> dripping. Yeah, yeah. But when you got no money, but the dream is there. Yes. Obviously, yeah. you're going to school. Obviously, you got a performance school. Yeah. Then you get to the stage where your work ethic. You go, fuck! I got to play rugby league. This, this is my life. I want it to be my life. Yeah. When you, when you left school, when was that? When was that time? You're at Xavier College. Yep. Were you in? The schoolboys or the Knights yeah. juniors, and so what happened? I came down and played SG ball, which was under 16s at the time. Uh, so I trialed. So let's go back a little bit. Yeah, I yeah. trialed. I was a Dragons man, mad oh, Dragons well, yeah. fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the Dragons. We won't say that because well, I've got a lot of family at Hurstville down in Cogra, down okay. that way. So I'd go down there every Christmas. And I watch the Dragons and love the Dragons. So I said, "Wow, I wouldn't want to play for them one day." So I went and had an open trial down at Cogra yeah. um, in end of '94, and. I didn't get picked. I didn't even hardly touch the ball. The week later, I had an open trial for the Knights at, um, out there at Toronto. Yeah. And started footy at eight in the morning, finished in five in the Arvo. So just flogged with footy, so much footy. Anyway, got off, offered an opportunity and a scholarship right there on the spot. And I took it. And then I had become a Newcastle Knight. And then I came down probably six months later. And I had a cousin that lived at Merriweather, so I went to his house for a couple of, Mate, couple of days. What a, what a terrible spot to Great go spot. and live. <laughs> yeah, Stanley Street it yeah. was, 13 Stanley Street. I still remember it and stayed there for a little bit. But the first thing we did, I jumped on his bike, and both of us had a bike, and we rode over here, to, um, which is called International Sports Stadium, YC at the time, Marathon Stadium, yeah. um, and just looked around. And it was, back in the day, you could go and have a look, and it was like the old field of dreams. Yeah, and went, wow, oh, and that, that's yeah. a little bit of moment. I went, wow, yeah. it'd be cool to run out in front of this one yeah, day. So, I bet. Um, and then, yeah, I was finishing school off at St. Francis Xavier. Um, and then my big ambition was to make the Aussie Schoolboys in 95, which which I was lucky enough to do which that from did, there. Yeah. yeah so uh, schoolboy footy back then was the Commonwealth Bank Cup. Yeah, yeah. It was awesome. That was, it was awesome. That was, yeah, big. So we got beat by uh, Parramatta Marist, I reckon, in the quarterfinals. Yeah. I still remember that. That was a, a big day for uh, St. Francis Xavier and two big schools going at it. And um, Owen Craigie was in our team, Jared O'Doherty, yeah. uh, Daniel Quinn. Um, was Tamana Tahu? Nah, Tamana no. was a Cardiff boy. Was so, he? Okay, yeah, yeah. So right. we, we missed out uh, on on progressing through the uh, semi-finals, sort of period into the finals for the uh, Com Cup. But yeah, lucky enough to make the uh, Aussie schoolboys. Yeah, right. Wow. Yeah, well, bit of an experience there coming yeah. out of that. But so you get into, I think it was 
the first round, uh, the first sort of uh, round of you know getting accepted in. When was your first uh, debut? Was nineteen ninety seven? I think. Yeah, when you did you? What was the what was the signing like back then? Did they just go, "He's fucking, you get five hundred bucks a game, mate"? Or yeah. what was the what was the sort of sign on fee? Not something like today. He's a little yeah. bit different, but it yeah, came down ninety five. Played uh, full year of. SG ball, which yep. is about 18, 18 rounds. Yep. And then uh, went and played a little bit of President's Cup. So I'm only 16 and played President's Cup in 21. That was pretty big to even get asked. So wow. what you do at um, senior footy, President's Cup, reserve grade, first grade, you'd always stand by. Yep. So you'd play and then they'd ask you to stand by. And that was like, oh, I must have played good. You know, yeah. I got stood by. So I stood by for President's Cup and got on. Um, and I broke my leg actually just oh, before I went over to, I had. 10 weeks to get ready to go for the Australian schoolboys over to England. That's where the tour was, making the schoolboys. Oh. So I broke my leg playing President's Cup. So I said, oh, no, the tour is off. And, but that was all I wanted to do at the time. But yeah. I was like enough to play um, President's Cup. And then I got an opportunity um, in 97 to, to play, have my debut against the, the Crushers, yep. which was a team that probably not many people have heard of. No, no. But, um, yeah, definitely become an addiction. Um, having, having a, I was about 18, nearly 19-year-old and um, – yeah, it was a, a it's mad, still, mad it's still crazy when you think about, you know, you, you get up to that level. But again, the levels of the kids these days, when I say kids, the 17, 16s, and then they're playing their first game for NRL. And NRL's no just park football, like yeah. it's the top of the range at that, mm. that level. The dream, the dream, like when you run out, yep. obviously you're it's a George lover, but you've signed with Knights running out to the Newcastle Knights crowd in 97, and that was the year they won, I think, the grand final yep. as well. Yep. What, what's that? Walk me through. What, what's that like when you go, fuck, I'm, I'm here, yeah. I'm only 18, yeah. like a pinch? It was. It was. Well, you look, I remember I ran on, because you can only run on when you've got the ball. I ran on and I could see Robbie O'Davis got the ball, and he just got got flexed, just yeah. bounced off that, but he got back up and went, "Holy shit, here I am! I'm here! Yeah, you know, I'm here are. in this moment, and here it is." So, um, yeah, everything was obviously a lot quicker, a lot yeah. faster, and um, but yeah, it's to see what was happening in that game, and then it become an addiction, like I said, and then to see what the boys did in '97. Yeah, I stood by and just I was like a, a training sort of partner, crash type. test dummy. I guess yeah, you could say okay. I played probably Jason Taylor um, in, the, in training for a long time, just. Big boys just running at me. So for the rest of the year, and then I got to experience how they trained, how they prepared. Um, I was a pretty quiet kid. Yeah. Um, so I was a 5'8", sort of never a hooker, 5'8", yeah. sort of fullback around that area. So I was watching the Johnses. And this is one thing that has to be um, said about footy back then. Everything's, everyone's very young these days now playing first grade yeah. or 100%. grade. Back then, reserve grade was hard. Yeah. Like reserve grade was like, if you can get through reserve grade, well done, you get your, your chance. You well, was, that, was that because – all the older guys yeah. who were hard nutted yeah. went back to reserve because they obviously weren't playing exactly. fast or whatever else in the top league. Yeah. So when you go back, then that's your sort of like your apprenticeship going through the reserve grade. Yeah, and it was stacked. Those teams were stacked. There's so much depth through all clubs, through first grade, reserve grade, 21s. And even 21s was like hard, yeah. really hard. And it's different now. The whole pathways to playing NRL is different. But back then, it was like if you and your stripes, you have to get up there. And once you get up there, you just don't know, want to go back. And yeah. um, there was plenty of um, 
you know, 97 to see the players in the town win that competition. I was going to say, wow, I want to wake up every minute Fuck. and just I can be a part of that. That, that, that would have yeah. been – because I was talking to uh, Robbie O. Davis about it, yeah. the fucking crowds that were, you know, lined up along the highway yeah. and, you know, just that experience. Were you in amongst that that team when, when they won the grand final at that stage? Yeah, yeah. so I was sitting in the, in the grandstand, not in the players' dugout, yeah. but I just still remember that, that the final siren when – Joey went blind and um, you know, Mark, Mark Hughes reckons he should have passed it to him. He yeah, was open. I know, I know. Yeah, he's, he's so, always says that. Yeah, I can't believe they passed it to Alvy. <laughs> like, I was open. But um, anyway, I just remember all beer got showered in beer and I just took off. I yeah. was there with my brother, a few of my mates and yeah. different things. I just took off. Yeah. I just wanted to be a part of the, the group. Wow. When I've been, I was part of the group and um, – Were you allowed like in the yeah, sheds and that yeah, after? Yeah, oh, just experienced the whole thing. I was going to say crazy. That, that, that just to feel the buzz and yeah. just the fucking partying. Yeah. And, yep. and that's where I just hope the modern day Newcastle night gets to experience something like that because 100%. it just – they don't know how good that – and both, the town and the team, once they're humming, there's no better place to play know, footy. And, uh, you know, as much – and then the, the crowd's ready. The crowd's ready to cheer. They're, they've had some real heartache for a long time. Yep. But back in 97, I think everyone starts looking back there a lot. But we've got to start looking <laughs> yeah, forward. I know, I know. Everyone forward. goes, oh, that, yeah, they were the, the moments. They yeah. were the moments. Yeah, that's right. So that's – you're in the in the sheds. I mean – you got all the all the boys cheering and carrying on. Did you get? Did you follow the path of the parties? Yeah, yeah. I got back here being and, a young young yeah. guy. I, go, Fuck, I, I want to be the professional, but yeah. go, I'm just going to party. Yeah, I didn't go as far as it's better than Lego. I sort of stopped there <laughs> a little bit further. I was, well, don't forget, I'm only a young kid. Yeah, right, yeah, young yeah kid, true so that. I'm just seeing for, seeing it for what it is, and just yeah. yeah, seeing them crowd surfing, carrying on, and then a couple of days later, we went to the Civic. Civic Hall for the reception for the, the parade, right. yeah. and I, I got a, I was lucky enough to be in a car, yep. and then um, I'll never forget it. We're up the top of the Civic Hall. Chief's gone out. Everyone's gone out. There was only one person left that they didn't call. Yeah, turned around. It was me. So oh, I really? Myself. I just I nearly died. <laughs> and then I think one. I think Steve Crow just said that you forgot one and just called me up. Thank God. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> um, and uh, but just look out there on top of that. Civic there's theater. an iconic photo going around. Yeah. Yeah. That was must have been taken when Chief had the shield or something, yeah. and then just see the sea of people. Sea of red and blue. And I, I, I've, I sometimes you, you get it through socials these days, yeah. or you see it in somewhere. Yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, you just look and there's not one bit of ground that you can see. No, no. And they were saying like, "Fuck, there's a hundred thousand people there." And even Robbie O says, "I'm not quite sure if there's a hundred thousand, yeah. but I was like, "Fuck, there would be a hundred Yeah, ninety-five thousand. But don't forget, over on the left, there was a stage getting fired up. I know. Yeah, I know. Screaming Jets were just about oh. to kick off as well. So because they were Newcastle band, were yeah, they? Yeah, oh, they were synonymous with everything Newcastle. They'd- had the DNA silver chair. Silver I think Johnsy, uh, yeah, Johnsy and the boy kidnapped, kidnapped <laughs> Daniel Johns. Can't believe that. What would have happened to Daniel Johns that morning? You know. Oh my so, god. Um, and then yeah, so we've gone from the Civic straight across to this stage, and obviously everyone's seen those scenes as well. A lot of crowd yeah. surfing, carrying on, and boys have had a ball and just partied on till you know for four or five days, and yeah. I think people party for a lot longer than that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. But when you so you get you get through that now. Now obviously you're buzzing. Yeah. Now you're just going fuck. I want the full yeah. fledged grand final of that. Yeah. So obviously going back, you, what position you were playing when you're obviously uh, going back into the team? You were yeah. playing. Did when when did you go to hooker? Because ninety eight. Ninety eight. You went. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, Mal really was still here in ninety eight, and he, Mal just said, "Mate, get in and play." Nine, I went, wow, this is pretty cool. This is totally different. But I could see the evolution of the hooking role. Yeah. They become a real focal point 
of attack. Yeah. I went, well, you guys, mate, this is where it's going. You know, you need to be fast out of there, but you got to love to defend. I've heard, I've heard he's, a, he's a, an amazing coach. Yeah. Like uh, yeah. a visionary type Yeah, oh, there's so many different things for Mal. Yeah. There's a couple of different stories for Mal. Like um, he had a fight with Steve Crow in 98. A Did full, he? A full fight. So yeah. We, we organised it. <laughs> Matty Johns, Evan Cochran, there's a few of the boys, a few scallywags. So full press conference, a weigh-in, uh, training. This is all filmed. You've got, you got to get what? the vision somewhere. I'll have to. I'll have and, to. And uh, there was training. There was interviews going on and at our <laughs> boxing gym in at uh, Bank Corner. Yeah. We used to go in there and um, I think Walt Bentley was, you know, all these different things. It was it was so cool. And all the boys just lined up around the ring. And, yeah. You know, obviously made the big guard of honour, clapped them in and they had trainers <laughs> and all that. And Mal's like, just put the gloves on. Yeah. Put on. Crowley's like dancing around and all that sort of thing. It went for about 50 seconds. Really? Because um, Mal was about to elbow, knee, and because you know, it's just a couple of started a couple of jabs and he got so serious. I think uh, Matty Johns and Chief had to step in. Yeah. Mal, uh, Mal was about to do whatever he could to, to kill him. Really? So, yeah. He's a beast, Mal. And, yeah, um, right. No, there's another one with about 50 metres uh, underwater. All the boys were trying to do that in the pool and no one could get anywhere near 25, 30 metres. Mal said, what are you trying to do? Give us a pair. So he went and got a pair of togs, as he called them. Put, yeah. Put the, put the togs on. Yeah. Just pushed off. Didn't, everyone was diving in. Yeah. He just pushed off and all of a sudden he's gone up. You know, is he going to be all right? Is he going to be all right? And a few of the boys are jumping in to put him off because they go, don't want him to make 50 metres. <laughs> and he's still going. He's yeah. still going. It popped up. Caught the 50. His head was about to blow off. <laughs> <laughs> Eyes bulged out. But he was not going to stop until he got it done. So wow, that's a, he was a man of his word. The, me- the yeah. mental, when you get mental. guys like that, yeah. the mental mindset of those dudes, yeah. and then you think, fuck, when he's like that and he never gives up like that, yeah. then what what did he put into you guys 100%. In, into that game? So he's gone to you, this is where the game's going. Yeah, yeah. So and then all of a sudden... I've had, uh, you know, I've had a couple of games there and, and, um, in 99, um, in comes Warren Ryan. And Warren Ryan is such an astute coach, is such he? an astute coach. So 98, we had a, we had a, a fair run at it. Um, I think got beaten Golden Point and a few different things like that in yep. a, a long, long final series. And we had a really good squad, but 99, Steve Walters comes to the club as well, Boxhead. So yeah, a lot of people right. probably don't understand or remember that, yeah. but he was so good. Yeah, I, I, and, I honestly can't remember that. Yeah, he came for 12 months. Yeah, right. So I learned a lot off him. Did and, um, We sort of shared the hooking roles. He had a knee issue, so he didn't really play too much footy, but um, he told us a lot of, a lot about what you should do in around in around the club yeah, okay. as well. Like oh. we, we had a leagues club at the time at Adamstown. That's right. That's yeah, right, so yeah. he goes, boys, we're always drinking here. So that was, he just made sure that we always go back here. He goes, how can we expect the fans to drink here if we don't drink here? So we'd always go back there. Obviously, the Burwood as well. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll start off at the uh, yeah, Adamstown Bar. There, there yeah. was some stories from the Burwood yeah. I used to hear. Well, the Burwood, we ended up in our lounge room. The Burwood was an extension of our lounge room, yeah. put it that way. So <laughs> we ended up there. But uh, Boxhead, um, no, his passing game, he was a he was a runner out of there. He was different to sort of like a Benny Elias, which Benny had the skill and the goal. And yeah. So the com- combination of that was the modern-day footy player. Yeah. And um, I was lucky enough to be a part of that evolution. I was going to say, yeah, learn, learning off someone like that. Yeah. And then going through with that, that hooking stage and learning the, the your trade. Yeah. Especially were you still eighteen, nineteen? Yeah, nineteen, just about to be twenty and, and then we come into um twenty twenty and Walk um had had a squad that he's really comfortable with, really happy with, and the training techniques are totally different. The way he 
Uh, Rock, Rock was all around um, the advantage line, different plays around the ruck as well, which yeah. obviously brought the nine and the halves in. And yeah. um, he was ahead of his time, Walk. Everyone knows that probably still today, coaches talk to Warren Ryan. I know Joey still goes for breakfast with him. Does he? Wow. One of the things he brought in was he'd come to tra- training one day and there was uh, big, big cards, like a, a metre card of a 10, a 20, a 30, all the way across the field. Yeah. Um, and it's how to dissect the field. Like when you're in the middle of the field, there should be five defenders and five defenders. Yeah, when right. you're in 70% of the field, there should be seven and three. Yeah. 80% of the field, eight and two. So yeah, right. that's the way you defend. And if yeah. they haven't got those defenders there, then you attack there. Yeah, so right. all these different things, wow, this is pretty cool. So, um, and different things like uh, how, how you defend and, you know, his different ways of understanding and explaining things, but he got he got uh, a few of our players offside, which is interesting at times. Just the way he spoke, it's yep. just the way he was, and um, you know. But just Joey talk. loved him, and everyone else loved him as well, and, yep. and learned a lot of, lot off him. And then uh, it didn't end well in twenty twenty. Um, we sort of had a squad that should have went um, a further than what it did, yep. and then um, you know we we got bowled it out in the in the semi. Yeah. And I think we were up 18 or 16-2 oh, at halftime. Yeah. And then uh, we got bowled out in the prelim to make the grand final. That was probably the best squad we've had. That had Matty Johns, yeah. David Fairley, Butsy. Fuck, you know, got some great, great yeah, side, yeah, great yeah. teammates. So then we'll set up for 2001. Yeah. Um, and then comes Michael Hagen. There was a change of coach. And Michael yeah. Hagen was a, a personality coach, a, a, a real good understanding of getting the players to be at their best and getting them to, um, to run the show a lot. Hayes has some great ideas in around some attack and just sort of let, obviously had Andrew Johns at the peak of his powers and yep. Ben Kennedy, Steve Simpson, Bill Peden as a back row. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Matt, Matt Gids and Tamana Taru on a, on a wing. There's, some, there's some amazing names yeah. that were in that in that squad there and especially your, yourself coming from Taru but coming into that squad. Yeah. Because 2000 and 2001, 2002, yeah. like they were, they were big, 2004, 2005, they were massive years for yourself. Yeah, yeah, you they know? were. Without being greedy, Rich, I, I, we should have won another one. Yeah. You know, yeah. at least you're looking back on those periods, you go, how, especially now, I don't reflect too much, but I do reflect on that period. Yeah, yeah. Ah, we should have won one or two more. Yeah. Uh, because we had a squad that could have done it. Yeah. And you look back, especially being management in and around coaching now. Yeah. You know, what could have we done different? That's right. And you got the older as, head on. Age always says, okay, what could have, would have, should have. Yeah. But geez, we had fun. <laughs> yeah, I was <laughs> gonna say. I was gonna say. But looking back, it's just a total different game now. Look, you go, geez, look at all the stuff they got now. If we implemented that back then, oh. I reckon we'd had some, some more success. But in saying that, there might be some individuals that wouldn't have Work towards today in, right. in today's today. You know, Joey needed to blow steam off. Yeah. A lot of us need to blow steam off in 100%. different ways. And back then, uh, like I said, the Burwood was a big part of our, our makeup. I remember being in games where we'd go, "Yes, boys, two minutes to the seventy eighth minute, two minutes to the zoo, two minutes to the zoo, boys." That was yeah. our set. So yeah, we just right. run up next. It was what possibly the best offensive set of the game. Yeah. Everyone knew we go to the Burwood <laughs> <laughs> in, about, <laughs> in about twenty minutes. So, oh well, oh, yeah, it's pretty cool. And some of some of the nights at at the Burwood. Yeah. Obviously, you can't say yeah. uh, too much, but yeah, just some crazy oh, times. I, I just love we just Monday Club. We used to have a Monday Club. Um, actually, done recovery there at the Bird one time. We had <laughs> we cut up when had schnitzels and watched the game and go right, boys. We've got to do this different next week. Yeah, that was good last week. We watched the video. Really? And, yeah, and, yeah. And uh, used to see Joey icing up injuries and yeah. while drinking beer, like having a shandy. He used to call it <laughs> <Jeez>. so, <laughs> having a shandy, and icing it- up injuries, and it was just part of the way of life and it wasn't as fully as professional as now but nah. at the same time I was very professional yep. but it was still a, a bit of room for some scallywags put it that way oh fuck I could just imagine yeah because I used to he- I used to hear the rumours of the parties but just Newcastle Knights and your names Joey John's names and it's, it's 
crazy for me these days because I, you know, I, I know you guys personally and yeah. but just watching you back then and hearing the rumours, you're like, fuck, they would have been the years. They would have been crazy Baz, times. Yeah, Baz Bradley was the publican and he become like part of our staff. Yeah, you know, yeah, uh, right. you know, we had Jack Newton. We had we had a bar, like a, an area of the bar where the locals drank. We had an area of the bar where people that are new to the day, uh, to the to the um, pub drank. Yeah. And then we had us over in the corner there and we'd have some fun and then we'd do some lock-ins, you know. Oh, yeah. Put a, put a, a cart in a White Lightning, we call that, which yeah. is bourbon, bourbon and Coke. And yeah. that was seen as a party. So we could have a, uh, we could because of the license, we could have a beer out the back. So wow. that's, what, that's what it was. And we'd yeah. get up and go to training. And there, was, there wasn't as much uh, political correctness these days, no. uh, like back then, as oh, yeah, what yeah, there yeah. is today. A lot, like, a lot of laws these days. But yeah, it became a, become a part of how we, who we were. And, um, yeah. you know, we played hard. When we when we played and when we trained, we'd, we'd go hard. But yeah. when we would also enjoy each other's company, and, we'd, and that's where, you know, at the end of the day, it's a tribal game. It's a real, ferocious game and you've yep. got to enjoy those moments where you go through together experience yep. it together and you've got to you know I think some of my greatest memories have been together after a great win where we've put ourselves through a you know a fair bit of stuff on the field 100%. and you're having to be with each other after it well it is like a release isn't it like you've got to have fucking some fun yeah, you can't yeah, be yeah. just all like hard 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 can't be and we had uh, one of your one of your podcasts uh, Matty Hoy was always oh, say, I think Joey ever first gave him his first ever Knights jersey so oh, yeah. every time we're at the pub, every time we went to a game, he put that jersey on. So I won't tell him what he what he said with that jersey yeah, last yeah, night. Yeah, that's, that jersey was on every time, and he just come and give you a big hug. And and his big thing was run the ball. You'd hear him yell that out from the yeah, from the all the time. <laughs> run the ball. Oh, anyway. He's one of the classics. Yeah. What was being in the two thousand and one, like the grand final when you won that? Mm. What was that experience like? As like being in that. But looking at the 97 one, because you yeah. just experienced the vibe, you experienced what it's like with everything. Yeah. 2001 comes, because this is these years, what I've sort of seen and what I followed was big years for yourself. Yep. That grand final, was it exactly the same as, as the 97? Yeah, well, look, there's a couple, couple of points to be made. Uh, 97 was the ARL Super League War. That's right. So the 97 grand final for me sort of saved a lot of things around where the game was going. And don't worry, Super League grand final was awesome as yeah, well. Yeah. That was a cracking grand final. Yeah. But both grand finals, was going. imagine those two teams, uh, four teams playing know, each other. I know, So I think everyone goes, oh, let's marriage it back. We've got to get a marriage back, yeah. you know. So um, both comps were split and it was, we sort of – to really solidify that that area and that era of um, of Newcastle, we need to make sure that the competitions were combined, and that's how it was built up into two thousand one. We've got to make sure that you know in twenty twenty we got bailed out um, by the Roosters. That was a missed opportunity. We yeah. thought to really solidify that you know you haven't won a combined competition, so to make sure to do that in two thousand one against a, a Parramatta team that had this amazing year, like yes. they uh, eight hundred po- points for only a couple hundred against. They were the red hot favourites, yeah. but we had some really big game players. Yeah. So, 2001, um, also got my first Australian jersey. I know. That's, that's yeah. Yeah. So, I, we- That's a crazy thing when right, you think about it. So, that. what happened was obviously celebrated long into the week, the back end of the week. As you do. Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah. Wednesday, Thursday. We had the ticket tape parade, I think, on the Wednesday or Thursday. I can't remember what day it was. But on the Friday, I was on a plane to Port Moresby (laughs) for a two o'clock game uh, against the Kummels. Yeah, right. For my Australian, for an Australian uh, jersey. So let's just say that was intense, very hot, and I was very dehydrated. Oh, (laughs) getting the waterman! I think think it was eight eight six at halftime. 
Really? Against the corners of May. It was hot. It was 30,000 people. There's people just hanging everywhere. Wow. Um, the intensity of it all, and they were just coming in at all angles. And, so um, did you really get time to actually soak, fuck, I'm playing for Australia yeah, here, or yeah, you just yeah, go, yeah. I'm fucking struggling yeah. from the grand final well, still? It, it, wasn't more, it was more t- sort of the start of a tour to go over to the UK. Okay. But I had a, a game against um, – uh, the uh, New Zealand, so that's sort right. of in the mid-year test. Yeah, but sort of was my, my sort of second game, and it was just like, man, this is this is hard. This is hard going, but it was a great tour, and um, but we kicked it off there. Like I said, it was eight six half time, and then I think we put on a couple of young guns, which uh, Mark Gaznia and Jamie Lyon, who man. just went round them. We weren't going through. Really? We weren't going through. No, all, but no, no, not those dudes. <laughs> I big Rollsy, Jason Rolls just went turn around. <laughs> <laughs> Someone get me off. This is crazy. <laughs> you just look the look on his face and he's saying what's going on. <laughs> Sometimes those are the little memories you oh, think of, eh? And you just was. like their face expressions. I'm going into dummy half and he's looking back at me going, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, man. So yeah. the 2000 and 2001, the NRL grand final, then you get that for your debut yeah. like in Australia, yeah. Australian Guernsey. Fly, you go to England yeah. off that. Yeah. Was, was that – Experience everything that you was dreaming of, thinking of. Yeah, sure was. Um, to do that um, with that that bunch of players, and to do oh, coming off a grand final as well, winning that, the buzz of that. It all. yeah. So Crazy. you know, one of the things uh, about tours and playing in any rep rep uh, scene is training. I, yeah. I thought that's the best thing for me sometimes is training because yeah. you get to see how people prepare, you get to see what they're good at, and how they they go about their business at training and. Uh, Wendell Saylor, all those sort of guys that just the chat and the banter and, you know, just sledging. And if you didn't, you know, if you drop a ball, she's on, like, like they're <laughs> India. So yeah. you've got to make sure your standard every yeah. time you, you, you train is high. And um, I, I never sort of took that for granted. I love that part of the preparation into those, those rep scenes. Yep. And the mindset, like the belief in yourself, how, how is that progressing? Yeah. Obviously, you just won a grand final, yeah. so the belief is like, fuck, yeah. I'm invincible, I'm playing a great game of hooker. Yeah. Then you get accepted to Australia. Yep. And then I think uh, the following year, you made your State of Origin yep. debut for yep. <coughs> New South Wales. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Go to Blues. Yeah. yeah. So, that, I mean, you must you must have been on, because you as I say, 2001, you're on the Kangaroos uh, tour. 2003, you're back on the Kangaroo tour as, yep. as well. It's all right when people see from the outside, they're going, oh, fuck, he's state of origin. You know, they don't think of what's going through your mind. Yeah. You know, how are you doing personally, yeah, yeah. mental health-wise, physical? Yeah. What was that time for you, like, belief-wise, yeah. you know? I kept it pretty – back in, like you said, I sort of 2002, we sort of – we went – felt like we toured every year. It was a real – to get the international game going. And and the other thing, I still forget – never forget it. There was a war – the war was going on in Iraq. And right. it was like, no, nah, we're not going. It was like a big, do you want to go or don't you want to go? A lot, of, right. a lot of players didn't want to go. No, that's and right. they, they didn't go. So yeah. a lot of us did go still. Yeah. But um, so there's a lot going on in around the world. Um, but yeah, I, well, my my understanding of the game was that it was a game and it always will be a game to me. Yeah. And um, I was pretty balanced about that. Some guys don't think it's a game, it's the biggest thing. And they're, you know, they take know. it a little bit too far. And all of a sudden, I think they can come crashing down. So I was always pretty, pretty level. Level, yeah. And, um, you know, always look forward to what, what was next. So I never dwelled too much on what happened in the past. But um, you know, I was lucky enough with injuries as well. I didn't get too many injuries. I got ones that could get fixed up at the end of the year or after tours. Yep. So my mindset's pretty good. I'm just re- willing to be better. Every yep. every time I walked out to play or to train, I wanted to be better. 
Um, and then, yeah, some injuries started to happen with Joey and uh, I was playing Origin and all of a sudden I became uh, Origin captain, I know, which, is, what, which is huge. Fuck yeah. what, I wasn't that, even captain of the Knights, for Christ's sake. I know. Yeah. What, but, but it just shows the respect that you had as a player. Yeah. And some sort of the belief you had. But that experience when they go, oh, you're captain New South Wales, because yeah. obviously to me – because there's not too many Australian tours anymore, that's, yeah. which is sad. Yeah. They used to be the fucking no, best to watch no, even, mate. you know, back in the day of watching tours, Mal Meninga yeah. run down the side, all those yeah. sort of things. But then State of Origin is still the pinnacle of rugby league, I feel, yeah. from an outside looking it's in. money maker. That's the three games, as I say, I watch every year regardless. Yep, yep. But then you're on that next level because I've talked to a few, obviously, uh, players and they've gone, yes, this is – you know, a different level speed, yeah. yep. and you can see the game now, yep. physical, mental, all that sort of stuff. What, what's the what's your reaction when they go, "You're, you're captain," and yeah. you say, "Well, yeah. no, I'm not." No, I was just going, "No, I'm not." Yeah, I'm not like, right. no, I just pushed it back. I went, no, I can't do this. And and we and Gus asked me to do it when we all met together as a group. Yeah, and there's a few injuries happening, and you know, you know, to to some of the guys that were probably captains of their 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 team. So he said, "Mate, you don't need to change anything." He said, what do you mean you don't want to do it? I said, well, mate, I just can't believe you've asked me. Like, he goes, well, that's ridiculous. He goes, you're what I, I want in a captain and you got till the end of the day. If not, mate, no problem. That's no yeah. problem. Just move on and I'll, I'll ask someone else. So it's pretty yeah. righto, yep, punch in the face sort of thing. Went back in and looked around the, the dressing room. There was, you know, Captain Craig Fitzgibbon, Andrew Ryan, Nathan Highmarsh. You know, there was Some all these names. different – Ben Kennedy, all these guys that he could have asked. Yeah. And I went, man, he's asked me. And I've sat really close mates with Fitzy and, and Bobcat and, and Hindy and, and so I said, boys – I, I just got to um, ask you a question around some captaincy. I'm, I feel it probably should be you guys, but I've just been asked, what do you think? They said, mate, are you serious? We'll do whatever it takes. Just do not change. Don't change anything. Just yeah, be yourself. Yeah. And all of a sudden I've gone back to to uh, to Gus and said, of course, of course I'll do it. But I had to get over that um, that, that bit of belief, that yes, thing yes. in my mind. Yep. and being that humble idiot sometimes, you go, yeah. well, no, I've been asked to do a job and, and that was that was yeah. the end of it. I, I uh, did it for I think like, like 15, 15 times. Like, yeah, 15 is that, straight. Is that still a, a record or what? I think what? it is, yeah. I think was a record. Gal, yeah, I think 15 straight. But, yeah, it's it's something I'll, I'll never forget. I, I still remember a quick story around um, yeah. the people you meet when you, you are captain. So Joey was injured, like I said. We went to Ravisi's and uh, Sticky organised um, – when Sticky was captain, yep. oh, sorry, coach, yep. after Gus, he organised a feed and um, some of the big hitters of town and all the team was there, yeah, up at Reese's, there was <laughs> John Quayle, there was uh, Kerry Packer, yeah, there right. was, um, who else we have there? We had uh, Jerry Harvey. It was, it was, it was ridiculous. There's a lot of, lot of people that are just man business with a lot man. of fucking yeah, money. Yeah. And here I am, a boy from Tari, just sitting opposite <laughs> Kerry Packer and he's looking at me and goes, Fair for injuries in the game, isn't there, young fella? I went, ah, yeah, Mr. Packer. Yeah, a lot of injuries in the game, isn't there? Yep. Yeah, there is. And just saying, oh, my God, Gary Packer's <laughs> talking to me. And he goes, um, how do we get him out? How do we get the injuries out of the game? I went, oh, mate, I, I think everyone's getting bigger, faster, stronger. You know what? We're playing a lot of games, a lot of footy. We're actually going overseas a lot. Like, this just it never stops. You just never get a break. He just looked at me. He owns Channel 9, so yeah. he, he wants more games, right? He just looked at me and stared straight through me and said, young fella. I'm asking again how we get the injuries out of the game. And I just went, oh, I went to water. <laughs> went, uh, Joey was sitting a couple of What do you reckon, Joey? <laughs> what do you reckon? And he just hit me under the table, kicking me, going, mate, Mr. Packer, he wants more games, not less games. And he goes, I'll tell you. Kerry Packer goes, I'll tell you all, actually. 
It's two men tackles. He goes, that's all I want. No more than two. None of this bloody bullshit of five, six in a tackle. That's yeah, bullshit. This five man carries. And I reckon if he was still, you know, he passed probably not long after that. Yeah. If he was still around, it would have been interesting to see what, what would have changed. He, because he, he had a good vision for a lot of sport yeah, cricket in yeah, particular. Because right. broadcasters at the end of the day change what's happened lately. During yep. COVID, that was a broadcast. Um, yeah. We want the game more attractive. We want the game more flowing and different things yeah. like that. So the rules that have changed, much of the NRL uh, ticks them off. It's yep. definitely a broadcast issue as well. Yeah. And yeah, Kerry was the most powerful man. And uh, it, mate, I just went to water. <laughs> just having this big man across, like from where you and I I'm are at the moment. Miss a while. <laughs> no, okay, <I'm> not. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, that was a test of character. I was going to say, yeah, hundred percent. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, it was it was awesome, and um, to, that's, and that's one of the things you do. You get to experience all those things that come along with it. At the time, you don't you don't realize. No, but, you're not you're not really thinking. Just no. flowing with everything. Eh? Yeah, that's right. And and then led on to that series, which. Um, Obviously, it was first, you know, the Knights opened, don't forget this, in 2003, the Knights opened um, Suncorp Stadium. Yes. Yeah. So we, we were in, wow. we, we spoiled the party up there. So um, we had a great win. Yeah. We had a great win. And then Origin was, a, it was a soft opening for Origin yeah, a couple right. of weeks later. Yeah, very soft. So that was, uh, that was the start of my, um, my, when I, I had my head taped up and I just knew, right, if you're going to be captain, you're going to lead by the front. And um, the ball kicked off, we kicked off. And it's always in origin. The big thing is who kicks off because yeah. you know it's that's coming. Oh, it's man. Coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, oh, please don't we, kick off. come me. back and you go. Are we kick it off. What are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> We're receiving. So <laughs> <laughs> we go. We kick it off this yeah. time. Is, and, is, um, that, is that really a thought? Like when the team go, fuck, who's kicking off? Yeah, it's a little bit because yeah. you want to really go right. We're going to start. We're going to start with an intense set. Yeah, just in game so you know it's coming. Smack the crap. Out. And the big boys that want to get their head around, especially guys are going to get the ball going. What are we doing? Yeah. Okay. And you just imagine back in the day when you. Got Chief going, what are we doing? Yeah. Oh, we're, we're kicking off. Oh, fucking beautiful. Yeah, that's right. And you so used to be thinking, yeah, right. right. So, um, yeah, we were kicking off and that was that one when I, I went down and sort of the ball bounced around and Webke was, I hit him sort of two metres off the dead ball line because it, it just, that's what that environment and that situation does to you out there. You feel like you can run through a crowd. And I'm, I'm like saying Webke's that 10 times bigger than oh, me, oh but God. I just went, right, here it goes. You, you're having it. And that's that's origin. You think you can do things that um, – you can't do, and it's, you're only as tight as you think you are. It makes you go from an out-of-body experience. Or yeah, can, I was going to yeah. say, what, what does it do to the mind and the body? Yeah. It just takes – It does. You have that, that experience. Before you look up, it's two minutes to go in the half or something like that, because you, you just got to play and concentrate on every every play because you can be hurt all across the field. I was going to say. And going back to your question a little bit before about origin and, and Australia, the highest accolade you can get is representing your country. There's no doubt. Putting yeah. that jersey on, that green and gold jersey is the highest you can do. Yeah. But from a, a pinnacle and a – a football and a Personal. another world. It's origin is just crazy. It's crazy. It's a bit of a circus. Uh, the the media attention, the game attention, the viewer, the eyeballs. It, it makes a, a lot of money for our game, yeah. and um, you know, forever. I think we're very privileged to have that environment and that competition in our game because yeah. I reckon every other every other code would love that in their game. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. I think. AFL, as much as it's popular in, in Melbourne and Victoria yeah. uh, and around Australia now, but, yeah, I think they tried a state of origin there at one yeah. stage, but yeah. you can't do it when you've got all the states doing it. But, yeah. yeah, that state of origin is like an iconic game. Yeah. Even American people who I know who are wrestlers yeah. and all that from the fight game, they I see on their stories, they tune in to watch yeah. New South Wales or, or Queensland. Yeah. And that's a weird thing because you're it like, is. fuck it, that's how much it's reaching. I know. The world, that's how iconic the game is and how hard people realise, fuck, that's a hard game. Yeah. And Americans, obviously, a few of the state of origin games that were played in America, yeah. they're like, 
what are these crazy bastards doing? They got no padding on. It's mental. It's mental. No, last five years I've been involved with on the coaching staff, which has been amazing. And that game three last year, 2022, it, um, it was mental. Oh. It was so physical. And you think, well, what's what's next one? I think everyone's starting to prepare after game game three last year for game one in Adelaide this year. This year in 2023, and everyone's starting to pick their teams already. It just oh, shows no. it never oh. stops. And everyone, going, no, everyone's so excited. Too early. Everyone's yeah. so excited. I know. I know. But that was, I think, that was the third game. Was when there was a couple of um, Cobber and that got knocked yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how physical. That was crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Luckily for Benny, Benny Hunt. Benny Hunt. Oh, yeah. So save, to, to win save the Queenslanders. Yeah. So to win a decider out there, it hasn't been done since. Like, you know, I was, I was captain and just shows you, and that was a long time yeah, ago, yeah, a long yeah. time ago, a, a game three decider, and that's the thing that just irks you. You just, you know, for them, you always go up there and you yep. think you got it got it done, but um, for, for some reason or another, um, just can't what, get it What do you think it is? This is this is a Queensland supporter. I, I love the Queenslanders, yeah. but yeah. to one of the greats of the New South Wales, what, what do you think is the difference because yep. Queensland always every year they get written off. It's yep. they're never favourites. Yep. New South Wales pick their team. Is it because the media is majority New South Wales, so they hype it up to go, right, oh boys, this is this is the team. Now this team on paper is the fucking best team we've yeah. we've put together. Yeah, no, no, it's Did the opposite. For, so what happens is you get told that you're the worst Queensland team ever. And this is the best New South Wales team ever. And imagine being in that position if you're a Queenslander. And that's reverse psychology. Isn't it, it is. So when you get to that stage, because every time I go, and, and I hear it all the time, yeah. New South Wales, you know what their fucking downfall is? They're always the favourites. They think they're the best of all. They come in, but they forget about Queensland passion and they've been told that they're shit. Do you think they, do you think, and they love this, do you think New South Wales sitting there going, that's the worst Queensland team of all time? The players? No. 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 We just go, what are you saying? Yeah, yeah, look at the, what is the headlines the, you're grabbing but here? That's, from, the, that's the added pressure, isn't it? It is. The extra 10% that all you need, because they're all the best players in the game, and sometimes it's just the mind, and it's the mind. It's 100%, the mind. It's all down to 100%. the mind. Well, that stage when Fatty Vorton is the great yeah. example, when everyone said, Fatty Vorton, fuck, he's, he will not win a game. In fact, I think they went through three blitz with that. That's right. That's right. And, and it's, next minute, the yeah. worst team in the century or yeah. whatever they named it yeah. and won the old – But the, the journos love it because they know that it's actually poking the bear. And 100%. They, they, they go, oh, they, New South Wales are going to lose. And I always, I always thought to yeah. myself, because I'm not obviously in the state of origin uh, camps and all that, but I always thought from the media just fucking pump up New South Wales because whether the media owners or yeah. the contingencies own, like they're in New South Wales – the media poking the bear, so let's tell New South Wales got the best side this year on yep. paper and we're going to be doing it. And then Queensland seemed to sit there and go, oh, you know, because they get told that they're worst team. Yep. I think that that's half the reason why they're so good because they get pumped yep. up and obviously you got the Bennett's, the, all the people are going to go, this is fucking what's going to happen. Well, he just did it last week, didn't he? Yeah. He did it against uh, the Roosters. The Roosters Redcliffe. with Redcliffe. He said, perfect, they've written us off, boys. And and that's the under siege, the undermen. And we all go, oh, here they go again. They're going to try to get the underdog tag. And, and that's what they thrive on. And, yeah. But we just fall, well, New South Wales media will fall into the trap of just pumping pump up because I think they will like it that way because they look at it New South Wales, oh, Tommy Turbo, Latrell, which didn't play last yeah. year. They're the best players in the game. They've got to win. 
It doesn't always and, go and, down to that. It goes down to the best team. And the New South Wales media don't want to be going, this is the best Queensland side yeah, ever. Yeah, We're going to yeah, get our asses right. kicked. They should try it. Yeah, they should 100%. Try it. We'll see what happens. That might yeah. change a few of the things. Yeah, Hopefully yeah. not anyway. But, but that's, yeah. that's one thing off the field. That's a battle off the field. And this yeah. is what Origin's so good. Yeah, you yeah. sit down and talk about it for, for hours and hours 100%. and hours. But we haven't got hours. It, all, hours, it always yeah. happens between the lines, mate. And, um, you know, that, that – we just get out-oranged in, out-origed in yeah. a couple of plays which uh, are detrimental to the result. Crazy, isn't it? Absolutely crazy. So you do your, you do your 220 games for the Knights. You go to England. You've done your England stint. Yeah. Best time. New Love South it. Wales country. You've represented yeah. every single team in the world with the hierarchies. What's One, what's been the best moment in your career? Yeah. And who has been the best coach that you've been under? Yeah, this as that's a couple of really good questions there. I've you know, there's a lot to cram into that that question. My time in the UK, I loved it. I played at the Leeds Rhino, a huge club. Three years I had there. It was gonna be five. Won uh, a premiership too. Yeah, left here in two thousand eight. Uh Brian Smith, that was all good. He he was taking the club in a different direction. Um so I was lucky enough to get a, a contract at Leeds, which I loved Leeds. Um played with some of the greats over there from Kevin Sinfield to Jamie Peacock. Rob Burrow, Dan McGuire, um, Brent Webb, another Queenslander playing yeah. over there, Ali Lauatiti. Yeah. It just kept on going and going yeah, and going yeah. and going. Callum, there's so many great players I played with over there. Had some really good success. Um, and then Wayne Bennett and Nathan Tinkler came back. Oh, sorry. Didn't come back. Nathan right. Tinkler got the club. Yep. Yeah, and that's that's a whole other big part of the Knights history. Yep. Um, and bought the club. Uh, Wayne Bennett came back and then he ring, rings me up. After I just signed a three year, another two year deal at Leeds to stay for five years, and goes, mate, why don't you come home and finish off what you started? Yeah, and it was so hard to say no. Oh, I, you know, so I, I started thinking about it, and Wayne's very influential. Yeah, to do that, and I really appreciate him even thinking of me yeah. to do that. And then um, so I, I tried to make it happen, and that was hard to get out of that contract at Leeds. Gary Hetherington's a really good businessman over there. And yeah, right. End up having to do a bit of business there, and I've never <laughs> broken a contract, but I just knew the opportunity to come back. And if yeah, I was going to live here, down. yeah, to reintroduce myself back into yeah. the community, and um, I had ended up having two years back here in uh, 20, 2012 and twenty thirteen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So and, um, uh, pretty much been when they when they say. The 1988 to 2017 of the era, yep. your name's fucking definitely up there. Yeah. But some of the, some of the other ones, as I say, like the Paul Harrigans and Matt Gidleys, Mark Hughes, Adam yeah. McDougal, yeah. McDougs, yeah. bit of a character. But, and the Johns brothers, yeah. for sure. Like the, yeah. looking at that, you, you go, coming back for those two years and, mm. and obviously being – you, I know you don't think it, but when people see you around Newcastle – your stature is fuck. That's Denny, one of the greatest we've ever had. Yeah. That must be a bit of a tingle sometimes. Yeah, I mean, you get it all that. the time. Yeah. And well, I don't really like. I, like I said, I've always kept a pretty balanced lifestyle. I'm yeah. pretty much a pretty low key sort of fella, and um, I've enjoyed um, being a knight. That's for sure. Yeah, and yeah. To, to come back um, and you know to think, think that I've just played with all those players that you just just in a Newcastle sense, alone an Origin and a, um, an Australian sense, and coaches that have come through. Like, there's so many different coaches from the start to the finish. finish and yeah. You look back at when you first started. Like, you got to start thinking about those guys as well. Like 100%. Bruce Wallace was my first ever coach of the Knights. Yeah, um, right. I talked to Alan Bell a lot who set the club up. Um, I, Steve Crow gave me so many um, – he's a great mate. He yep. gave me so many ways of loving Newcastle. Like yeah. he's just a coal miner. I love what we represented, blue-collared town. Yep. I understood what, stood that through Matt Gidley, Steve Crow, Mark Hughes, yep. 
plenty of us just got that lesson from Crow about what you're representing. Yeah. Um, then you had your origin coaches from from Gus to um, to Sticky to you know Graham Murray, all different coaches. Um, Craig Bellamy was a the coach there, so all these different coaches. Yeah. And then you got the Aussie coaches from Chris Anderson, um, Ricky again. And you had you had Wayne and. Um, it was just yeah. It's a, it's a, they all got their different ways of of taking bits of of yeah. uh, their their masterfulness, I guess yeah. you could say, yeah. off, off them and, and sort of sort of absorbed it. So yeah. all those things, and you'd like to wish you'd write a, a lot of things down back in the day. Fuck. Yeah, like a journal back yeah. in the day, you could yeah. just remember half. And go, oh wow, I remember yeah. that. And and to play represent Australia. Darren Lockyer was probably the most amazing player I've, I've played with because he could just pull something out of the hat and got us home sometimes. And then yeah. New South Wales was obviously Joey. So yeah, yeah. Just, just say you've played with both those guys who I'm sure there'll be an immortal on Lockie pretty soon and yep. Joey's called himself the eighth, the eighth uh, immortal. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah. Uh, he's well and truly entrenched in uh, oh, rugby league folklore. He yeah. is a, he is a, especially even, even though outside of football was a bit turmoil sometimes, but fuck, you can't take it away from him how, oh, how great yeah. he was. You Mark know? Hughes, and this is the other thing that like, there's just so many things you go through. What, what Mark Hughes is doing for the, the brain cancer world and uh, with his foundation. But Hughes and myself used to pick Joey up every every day for training, and that was wild. Yeah, so, oh, like you just it. see the blinds come down sometimes. <laughs> Physically, we had to go and say, "Come on, mate, let's really, go. Yeah? We're, we've got a big day today. This is going to a game." And, and oh wow! Just because he he's obviously riding the highs and lows, and it's I'm sure he doesn't mind me talking about it. It's yeah, all yeah. in his book. Yeah. Um. You know, there's a lot of lows, and yeah. You go, mate. You're not. Yeah, you're going to be right. You're going to be right to play. Goes, Fuck. I don't want to play. Fuck this. I had the other, and you, and you so you got to pump him up. You got to yeah. be like a bit of a call, mate. We it's need a, it's you. It's amazing how great he was, and then yeah. you, then you look behind the scenes, and you get told that you got yep. to pump this dude up because he just doesn't want to fucking play. And, I know. And then mate, he'd go across the line, and even walking into the dressing chest, he'd get his bag and throw it in the corner, and everyone just go, "Shit, wow. what have we got? What have we got today?" <laughs> Put his shorts on his white shorts. Hated white shorts because <laughs> they made his ass look. Good. What have we got? What these fucking things on for? What are we wearing the blue one? Fuck these off. And then um, and then he'd go out and. Just have the ten out of ten game. You go, how does that? How does that even work? How does that just, even happen? Just a fucking. That's his happy a place. Gen- a genius mind. In yeah, a it must be. And you're right. You look at all the musos and different guys that are um, geniuses in there. Well, um, look at the look field. at silver chair now, like yeah. Daniel Andrews. You know, so yeah, that's right. Doing that. So you finished. Obviously, the last part when you announced your retirement. Obviously, wasn't the fucking most favourite part. No, you know, you're getting hammered, hammered and knocked out. Yeah, and stretch it off. Yeah. After that, did you did you lull into a bit of a fucking you know yeah. now it's your retirement because you know obviously neck or head injury you don't want to yeah. go there yeah personally and mindset wise where where we at after because I remember seeing that that game yeah and I was like fuck because oh, I mate. think I think everyone was just in love with Danny Badiris yeah, and then yeah. yeah we're gonna finish on a great yeah. note and fuck and boom yeah. that happens and I just I still remember that to yeah. the day it was a wild ride there we had a great semi final series had an indifferent sort of year Wayne Bennett's second year he's really implemented some great coaching and probably people think Wayne's tenure here was this and that and the other but yeah, that's from a rumors, coaching yeah. perspective he's probably thinking that's the best coaching he's ever done yeah really, you know and that's yeah. a that's a good conversation to have but. We had this wild ride. We were going hard and we had some great wins on the way home. Went to Melbourne, beat Melbourne down there, beat the Bulldogs, and then all of a sudden we're in a prelim final in 2013 to make the – and I've had come off two back operations that year. Yeah, so really I played, well. I only played a dozen games, but I was back for the back end of the year. Yep. And like you said, it was all starting to work out. We had 65 buses head to Allion Stadium, the old Sydney football stadium. It felt like a Knights game. It yeah, felt like yeah, a Knights true. home game. We're playing the Roosters who are, you know, a great outfit. And they're 16 minutes in, or I'd knocked out, completely knocked out. And I still to this day, just, you know, I might be washing up at home or freaking doing something where you just, and bang, it comes back and, fuck, did that happen? Yeah. What was right. I thinking? But 
to Jared's credit, that's what happens, man. You, yeah, you've yeah, got to protect yeah. yourself. I got him once yeah. and then all of a sudden he said, no, no, you're not going to give me a second time and that's the end of me. Because yeah, right. um, everyone was fucking filthy on him too, wasn't yeah, they? No, everyone no, come rushing like, in, fuck. If I was to pick a teammate, he'd want him right next yeah, to me. He, mate, he's, he's, a, he's a warrior. He's a beast, I love he? him. So... Um, and that was the end of my career. So yeah. didn't get, I didn't get a clap off or anything. I got a, I got a stretcher. <laughs> I got a medicap. Hey, yeah, but that's different. Everyone yeah. gets a clap off. You don't yeah. want to fuck a clap off. You want to stretch off. No. Nah. I know. So what I was going to do, what am I going to do? I don't know. And then all of a sudden I got a, a job opportunity to sell sand. Did you? Business developing, selling sand. <laughs> <laughs> Straight off the floor. I'll, I'll, I'll have a go at that. Yeah, I'll have a go at that. So here I am going to work. Um, uh, okay, so how do you sell sand? And, <laughs> mate, you don't realise what sand's in, mate. It is... In everything. It is gold. It 100% is gold. it is. So uh, it lasted three months. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, an opportunity to come back to the club and yeah. do different things and started doing some coaching. And then, um, you know, Rick Stone was the coach and then that didn't work yeah, out there. Got, got and then the I ended up having six games as head coach. That's got right. a bit of a bug, but the club wasn't set up at the time. And yeah. I start thinking maybe I should be a coach even now. Yeah. start thinking that, that part. But I just haven't um, – I've bounced around in different parts of the organisation and yeah. – um, you know, like I said, I'm in the management role because of different different strengths, but at the same time, it's not my strengths. Is yeah. um, you know, the salary cap's such a beast. Never yeah. ever looked at doing anything like that. Yeah. Um, you know, the amount of staff you have to organise. So yeah. I've taken this job as a general manager. Yep. Got offered to me. I was working for Fox and New yes, South Wales. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I loved all that. Yeah. And I was always looking back. Commentary. And stress-free life. And all of a sudden, from the moment I walked in, you're dealing with drama. Oh, yeah, it's just right, all drama. Yeah. And then and then a week later, COVID hits. So oh, I've had to go right. from 78 staff to 52. I've got all these rules going, what am I doing? I sh- oh, could right. be at Fox, could yeah. be doing this, and then all of a sudden I'm here in a bubble. Well, how does this work? So- Shit. Outside of that, obviously, the Mark Hughes Foundation, you're yeah. big involved with Mark and the yeah. crew, uh, walking, you know, mountains yeah, and walking sort of days, different. I think, I think I may be on the the next walk from Newcastle to Sydney because yeah. I've done it last year. Yeah. And uh, my old leg busted up. Yeah, tough, big, tough, It was big. crazy. It's crazy. Business-wise, you're also in the Steel City beer. Yeah, 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 loving that. That's a good diversifying the uh, the interest. That's for sure, and it's going really well. And um, you know, when we're in Series B, we need uh, we're about to get a brewery hopefully and, and yeah. kick it off there. But yeah, we've got a good good bunch. Yeah, you know, from Matty Hoy, yeah, I was the John's say, boys. He said nine of them, yeah, nine of years are in it. Yeah, Kirk Gids, uh, you know, Ryan Callan, Craig Ando, the surfer guys. So you yeah. know, the bolt, the bolter, yeah. whole world. Oh wow, that'd be awesome to do that. Hundred percent. If we can yeah. do a little bit of that, we'd be uh, very lucky. Yeah, and it's a great name. Obviously, Steel City, Newcastle. Yeah. Is known as the Steel City. Yeah, yeah. So if I was to say, at this point now, as you say, you've won your career has been amazing, coaching, uh, being a part of the night still yeah. to this day, and your business-wise, lovely wife, Chrissy, and all the rest of yeah. the life's yeah. going on. If I said to Danny Badiris today, what is your rich life? What What do you think is yeah. your rich life? Yeah. What would it be? Well, I, I, I don't go for much anymore from the point of view. This is one thing I – when I was playing, I was going for, I want to be the best at that. I want to be the best at that. But at the moment, I'm thinking, what am I going for? Mm. And my rich moment is yet to be, I, I don't know. I'm still working out what I want to be. And I do get asked that, what do you want to do in five years' time? I don't know. But if I can live in the now, that's my rich life. If I can just go, right, this is what I'm doing today and I'm going to enjoy it and be the best I can and give my kids everything possible to have them to have the rich life, I don't care. I feel like I've had a rich life already. Yep. So my rich life now and my rich life moment is living in the now, passing on to my kids. Yeah. 
Ah, beautiful, mate. Yeah. Beautiful, mate. Again, it's an honour to have you uh, on the Rich Life Projects, and uh, you're you're a character, but just a legend of of the Knights, but a legend of rugby league. And uh, I just appreciate your time today, man. It's uh, I know you're a busy man, but thank you so much. Been Thanks. a great day. Yeah. Awesome. 